I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Now, when I ask you to think about what a strong visual brand looks like, I think a lot of people just go straight to what someone's Instagram feed looks like and how gorgeous it is. But it is so much more than that. Your visual brand is all of the assets and how they work in harmony to depict your business's mission and values. And it's what helps elevate that know, like, and trust factor, which is so, so important for us as business owners to attract the right customers into our business. You can have the most incredible product or service and very sadly, it can be compromised by a subpar visual brand. Now, I know that a lot of people don't put an enormous amount of emphasis on this. Um, and some people, uh, you know, I have worked with them, flat out refuse to um, kind of buy in to the fact that they need to have a strong visual presence in order to boost their business. And I'm really hoping that after you meet my guest today, that if you are one of those people, that you will be feeling differently because Sandra Chow, my guest, who is a stylist and creative director, is skilled at connecting brands to their customers by elevating their imagery in new and exciting ways. And she is sharing the goods with us today. Uh, Sandra's also the founder of the School of Visual Branding, and this is where she teaches entrepreneurs just like you how to grow their online brands through visual strategy. Now, the thing that I absolutely love about this woman is how simple she keeps things. This is not about sort of bamboozling us with creative jargon and information. She is sharing some really actionable tips with us today around standing out in a very crowded, noisy marketplace how important it is to actually keep all of our branding assets quite simple and how that is the key to to standing out. She also has some utter gold to share around preparing for photo shoots. And I know that that is a pain point for a lot of the listeners. There are very few of you who are supremely comfortable stepping out in front of a camera. And Sandra has some really great insights into how to make that a mutually satisfying experience for both you and your photographer. And she also talks about how she builds her business um, as a mum of three, so how she does it all. And um, I won't spoil it, but she's absolutely a woman after my own heart when it comes to um, some of the things that she calls upon to just get stuff done. Um, Sandra also rounds out our conversation with a really beautiful recommendation uh, to boost your business and your life. So make sure you stick around until the end. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation 
conversation with Sandra as much as I enjoyed having it. As always, if you have any feedback um, or questions that you would like to ask, please get in touch with me at michelle at michellebroadbent.com.au. I always love hearing from you. Now I'm going to hand over to my wonderful friend, Sandra Chow. Sandra, thank you so much for joining me today on your Business Boost. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, I am really excited too because I wanted to kick off with the importance of strategy because I know (laughs) how much you value this. You're like a woman after my own heart. The way you pitch your school of visual branding is a space where visuals and aesthetics meet strategy. And you know me, you know that I'm all about the strategy when it comes to business, not just doing stuff for the hell of it. Um, So why is it so important for us as business owners, doesn't matter whether we're product-based or service-based, why is it so important for us to have a visual strategy? I'm sure you know, Michelle, and everyone as well who's listening, um, there's no denying it at the moment. You know, we live in a very visually driven world. 90% of information is essentially communicated visually, right? So if you think about all the platforms that we're on, especially, you know, with Instagram or TikTok and all of those things, it's all really visual. And you can essentially have you know, the best product. You could be the most amazing service provider. You could be the go-to person in your area of expertise, you know, have incredible website copy that someone, you know, a copywriter wrote for you. But the thing is, if you look like everybody else or you're not really making people stop that scroll, then you know, they'll never actually see you or even you know, be able to read what that amazing copywriter wrote for you, right? Mm-hmm. They won't really stop to see what you have to say. So visual strategy really allows you to, um, you know, hone your brand and create visuals that allow you to stand out. And then if you can do it strategically, it allows you to speak directly to your clients and customers, and then also helps you to build no like trust in your brand, which ultimately is the thing that gets people to, you know, whether to buy or book from you, right? It's that, it's that level of trust that you need to build. And so visual strategy essentially helps you to marry that, you know, the aesthetics, your visuals, along with strategy, whether it's like your marketing strategy, brand strategy, to help you build that know, like, and trust, because it helps you make those targeted decisions on how you create those visuals to bring it all together, which creates your brand ultimately. Yeah, I love that. And needing to stop the scroll, like that's what that is, you know, people can just slide on by our beautifully written copy or, you know, the the information about the service or product that we're offering. Um, and, you know, you're, you, you definitely walk the talk in terms of like your gorgeous aesthetics <laughs> with everything that you do. And my, my next question was going to be around like how our visual can actually help us as business owners book more and sell more to the right people. But I'm sort of taking from what you said that it is that how we stand out so that people then get to know us, right? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, on that note of, you know, standing out and sort of building that brand that's really recognisable, you know, you know how there are some brands that to you just like you see something, you see like a graphic or you see like a promo and you're like, okay, I I know who that is already. It's about building that, um, you know, that overall brand. And I think the thing is like, you know, on that topic of reels or something like that, which, you know, is the big thing right now. Let's just say you bring in or you create this amazing reel about your product or your service. It goes viral. It brings in all these new followers. 
what happens afterwards, right? Like when these new followers come in, ultimately, what do you want them to do? You want them to book you or buy your product. And so after they love your reel, they go onto your profile, they follow you. I know my next step, if I want to book or buy something, is usually to then go onto your website. But then a lot of the people, a lot of people tend to forget about all the different moving pieces in your brand and focus on the thing that's currently on trend, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. But you haven't really thought about your overall brand. And it's the overall brand, the entire brand that builds that know, like, and trust, right? You need all the pieces in your brand to work together cohesively to show up and communicate for your brand. And if You know, a lot of people spend their time on Instagram and they have this amazing standout Instagram account. But then as soon as you click onto their website, maybe it's under construction or maybe it's, you know, subpar, not because they're not amazing or anything. It's just they haven't also thought about spending some time or, you know, bringing all of that brand um, strategy or the aesthetics, the visuals, everything that they've done for that one platform all the way through to your website, which is ultimately where people actually book and buy from you. And if you don't have that kind of continuity or cohesiveness across the brand, then people will drop off because they start to wonder like, hang on, am I going to get what they just sold to me on Instagram? Or is that top that I was eyeing like really going to be that really, really good quality and I'm willing to, you know, dish out a few hundred dollars for? You automatically lose that kind of um, level of trust you've garnered over on Instagram. So visual strategy basically allows you to look at all the different moving pieces in your brand, whether it's visuals or whether it's copy, and bringing them all together to build that overall recognizable brand and bringing that trust over to all the different platforms, because that's how you, you know, build that trust that people will be like, yes, Michelle knows her stuff. I'm going to book her. I want her to coach me. It's, yeah. it's kind of all about that, which is why I say visuals meets aesthetics meets strategy, because it's all of that coming together. It's such wise words and I, I like you are right there with me in terms of like, <laughs> you know, people just doing stuff for the sake of it. Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to do this real because it's trending and, you know, I'm going to dance and point and all the rest of it. And it's like, but how, where is the alignment between what yeah. you're offering and, and you know, and that, and, um, you know, I think there, there is a danger, like I, I love Canva. Like I think what Canva has done for, you know, for, for us as, you know, as business owners, I see, you know, what it's done for like my kids as students and all of that kind of thing. I think it is, it is a brilliant tool when used in the right hands because <laughs> um, I do think it's like the, like trending reels and all of that sort of thing. It's like, you know, everyone can kind of start to look the same because you've all only got access to the, you know, the the templates that are on there and all of that sort of thing. And I think when you're talking about having a look and feel that is unique to you, Mm -hmm. like how do we be truly stand out and not look like everyone else when we're essentially kind of all swimming around in the same pool with the same resources? What, what, (laughs) what, what would your, what would your advice be there? Yeah, and and that's a really good point. I mean, I love Canva, you know, I'm no designer. So things like InDesign are just way beyond me. So I love what Canva has done to make that easy for and accessible for all of us who aren't design trained. Mm -hmm. And I think the thing is, like you mentioned, one of the key things, if it was to come to Canva, is really to know your brand aesthetic, to know your brand style, that look and feel. Because, you know, even if Michelle, you and I, we were doing the same thing or offering the same kind of service, Mm -hmm. There's no way that we would be 
absolutely exactly the same, whether it's in personality or whether it's what inspires our businesses or the things that we like to talk about or what we like to do. That all informs like, you know, whether your brand feels you know, vibrant or fun or whether it's a little bit moodier and dark or whether it's, you know, very quiet and minimal. So you could be doing the same and same thing as someone else. But even if you're using the same template, when you think about, you know, um, applying your fonts to it or um, making simple tweaks with um, color or adding some of your own brand imagery to it, all of that, those, even though they're little tweaks, it'll automatically make your graphic or your, you know, presentation or slide or anything different to the next person who's offering something very similar to you. So it's really about knowing what your brand is like and being, and, and I think one of the things that I like to do with a lot of my students and clients is I ask them, how do you want your brand to feel like if someone was looking at your brand, how would you describe it? If I had to choose like three adjectives, what would you describe it as? And you can anchor your brand to those things. So if you're working on Canva, a template, which is actually very vibrant, but you just like the look and feel and the layout and you implement and you change it with your colors and everything, you can just simply ask yourself, okay, my brand is you know, generally very quiet and minimal. Does, does this graphic, does this visual look quiet and minimal? And it's a very easy sort of check to do to make sure that what you create, even though you're using templates, is nice. on brand for yourself. And then when you piece them all together, that's kind of what makes it stand out, what makes your brand stand out when it's very cohesive rather than like a mishmash of things, which is very easy to do sometimes with Canva because you're picking and choosing from different templates. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, go to Canva with your brand as opposed to getting your yes. brand from Canva, which is where I see. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And um, no your wrong, visuals yeah. like imagery and stuff like that, yeah. you can utilize those. For Canva to change things up a bit and make it, you know, stand out a little bit more. So it's yeah, 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 that's great. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, there is a real paralysis around this stuff because it, it you know, for you, it comes very naturally. Um, but for, for a lot of, you know, particularly, you know, not like non-creative um, businesses, um, this is something where it can be a real sticking point. And I think, you know, th there's that feeling, well, if I'm not putting something absolutely stunningly gorgeous out there, I'm not going to do anything at all. Um, and I, you know, one of my mantras is off, like sometimes done is better than perfect. Just, you know, we need to ship it. We need to get it out of there. Um, I've got a client who recently uh, resorted to, she was in lockdown she got her cleaner to do her headshots for her and you would never know right you would never know I mean I'm sure as a photographer you'd be like ah! but um but but hers you know it didn't look horrific because it was just like she had to get something out there so I guess I would love to hear from you in terms of like baby steps or like an absolute minimum we should be considering as business owners in terms of our like our visual identity what should we have covered so I think um I love your motto I think um it is it is true you know done is better than you know you know perfect um mine is like progress over perfection um so it really resonates with me and I think the thing is um what I like to do um, so my styling is very dialed back if you mm -hmm. have a look it's not full of a lot of stuff because mm -hmm. I believe in you know keeping things simple so that you don't take away on what you're trying to focus on and what you're trying to essentially show off in your brand. And what I think 
I think these days, because we have, you know, things like, um, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, all these visual things that are available to us, it's really easy for you to get um, overwhelmed and feel like you need those oh incredible backdrops, mm-hmm. those you know, stunning locations, or those really cool outfits and props and all those sorts of things. But my rule of thumb is less is more, keeping it simple and not overthinking it. Because um, the more you try to add to things like your photos, because you think, you know, having more is going to make it prettier or more stand out, the the trouble you get into is that it becomes a little bit too busy and often then overwhelms the viewer. And then it also takes away from the focus of the photo. So, for example, like your client who is doing headshots, I, I actually think it's amazing. You know, don't discount a very simple, minimal kind of headshot. You know, if you've you know, done your hair nicely, wearing a nice outfit that's on brand for you against a white backdrop, like that to me, um, you know, speaks a lot more. It's, it's more professional. You know, it's cleaner. You as the business owner stand out versus, you know, having too much things in the background yeah. and, you know, trying to overdo it. It ends yeah. up sticking out like a sore thumb more mm-hmm. so than standing out in that kind of um, way that you want to stand out as as the business owner. So I think taking things back and holding back a little bit is sometimes um, much better, which is why I'm always like, less is more, guys, take it back. (laughs) Yes, yeah, instead of over that overkill, like, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think um, even in terms of, like, styling your photos, Mm -hmm. so let's just say you're styling laptop photos or anything like that or trying to create something, and I think it's, sometimes often hard for service-based businesses to think about what kinds of you know photos you can create for your brand because you don't have a physical product mm-hmm. but and so you naturally kind of bring in lots of props and things for your table yes but sometimes you know keeping it very simple you could do something like you know print out your website you know as as actually piece onto paper mm. that becomes a physical thing that you can just lay out play around with your phone camera, shoot some interesting crops. And then that's your photo background for like, you know, doing some market research on Instagram stories or asking a question or doing a poll. Like it's very like if you don't overthink it, then you tend to hold back a little bit and it's just cleaner and, you know, more on brand and it ends up standing out more because it's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, well, you can see what the message is as opposed yeah. to like wh- where am I looking what am I supposed to be focusing on here Absolutely. and you know is it, <laughs> is it you is it what's on the table is it what's on your phone is it on the five other people that are in the photos so yeah I, I I do get that so in terms of like you know if we are going to um you know invest the time and, and money in doing um you know like say a branding photo shoot mm-hmm. uh what would be some of your tips for getting like the most bang from our our buck in terms of like preparing the images that we should use. I mean, you did touch on on that in in that answer, but um, I'd love to yeah, just kind of get your tips on what we can do just to make sure that we we get what we need from it. I think so often people walk yeah. away from Photoshop and like, oh my god, I can't use half of these images. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, where, where, where does it all go wrong, Sandra? <laughs> um, so I think organisational, sort of that organisation is key. And then ultimately, um, and this is what I get my students to do a lot, is to really think about why you're doing this photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So the purpose behind the shoot. 
because you know a shoot that's to um, let's say you want to create images for your sales page to launch your new course is going to be very different to um, a photo shoot for let's say um, you perhaps wanting to storytell a little bit more about the person behind the brand yeah. they're going to be slightly different things so if we take the sales page one for example um, what I usually do is I'll break it down. So I'm kind of thinking like, okay, what are some of the sections that I need some visuals for for my photo shoot? Do I need, you know, big cover images? Because if I need big cover images or longer ones, then I'm going to need my photographer to create landscape images. Or um, do I have enough headshots? You know, do I need to create some like that? So I usually then break it down into like a shot list for um, so that I can use it to brief my photographer with just so that we have this, you know, point that we can come back to and slowly tick off and things like that, especially if this isn't something you do a lot. Having a shot list is actually really great because photo shoots, I'm sure you know, Michelle, go by really quickly, even if it's like three hours long. It's like in a, you know, it Mm. it just can go by so quickly because there's so much to get through. So having done that um, pre-planning work and really thinking about what it is that you're needing these photos for, um, you know, the kind of sizing and then perhaps if it's for a launch maybe you need some images for graphics so then you need to know you need to be able to tell your photographer that I'm going to use some of these images for graphics so I'm going to need some images that have negative space because I'm going to include some text on it so breaking it down like these kinds of things it enables you to on the shoot day you can be really respectful to your photographer and say like hey um you know remember we we kind of I need a few of these things for my website um to launch my course I need some negative space because I'm going to add some text did we get that Yes. Were we able to get that? Yeah. And just checking in and be able to tick off because even even for me, I do this. This is my bread and butter. Mm-hmm. I still turn up to photo shoots with a full shoot deck that might have some reference images that I can refer back to. It'll have a breakdown of the kinds of photos that I need to deliver to my client. You know, it'll have things like they need um, a cover image for their e-com shop. It needs to be landscape. It needs to have negative space. Yes. So then I can kind of check back and forth. And so that doing that pre-planning work and really thinking about what you need exactly mm-hmm. from this shoot so that you can just kind of bang it out on the day and tick it off and make sure you got yeah. it reduces that, you know, after the photo shoot, like, oh, I knew I knew there was something I forgot. Oh, there was that thing that I wanted to capture and we totally forgot about it because, you know, time just went by so quickly. So I spend a lot of time doing pre-planning work for my for my client photo shoots for that very reason. And reference images are really great for photographers as yes. well too. Yeah. Um, not so much to copy, but you can just mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is what I had in mind. I, I really love how they, you know, laid out the laptop and their materials. I think that's really great. You know, could we do something like that? And then um, on the shoot day, I shoot um, with my iPhone a lot. I might be like, oh, did you, oh, I really like this frame. Could we get something like this? So you can actually show the photographer. And and even though the photographer is a person with the expertise, you can still work very well, you know, very collaboratively and respectfully by, you know, um, showing them things like, oh, do you think we could do something like this? I like this because of that and work together. Like I still see it as a very much a collaborative effort. And mm-hmm. if you can do that rather than just leaving it in the hands of someone, not because they're not amazing, it's just they're not a mind reader. That's right. Then um, it just makes, you know, you can get, you can really get what you need from a photo shoot rather than having that kind of like, oh, 
I'm going to have to do another one because we missed out all this stuff that I had planned, but then forgot, or I thought she knew and, you know, those kinds of things. It just reduces all of that. It, it done. That's just such brilliant advice about that collaboration, because I think for so many people, you know, it, it, you know, it's not the most comfortable place for them to be in front of the camera they just they do not you know it's they don't they resist it they put it off I'm constantly like you know it's like prizing my clients fingernails off the ledge it's like come on you can do it and and (laughs) and and it's so difficult because you know the photographer does not know them you know they may never have met them before know very little about them so it is such a short window of time to really demonstrate you know who you are as as you know as the subject kind of thing so the more information you can provide I love that um, idea of having like you know inspiration showing you know yep I like this this is you know I love the way that this person's um, images are or, or whatever and it just it obviously really helps and and asking that question, did we get that? Did we capture that? That's beautiful because it's not like going, I want, do this, like mm. you're not being a diva, um, <laughs> but you're, yeah, it's just that really respectful because, yeah, in the moment you're capturing so much, it's a lot to retain, um, you know, to, to make sure that, that that the client's happy at the end and that's what you want. You want happy clients. You want them to, you know, have photos that they feel really represent them and, and you know, tick all the boxes of, of what they need. So yeah. that's fabulous. And I think, um, and I think it, it, is, it is very nerve-wracking to be in front of the camera mm-hmm. and I think photographers understand that as well too. So if you are feeling that way, I would, you know, recommend and encourage you to speak to your photographer beforehand and let them know like, okay, this is my first one or my last one didn't go so well. I'm really nervous about it. Would you mind if I showed you some photos of what I had in mind or would it be okay if we just had a quick five minute call just so we can make sure, you know, we're on the same page because I'm feeling really nervous. And I think if you approach it in that kind of you know, very genuine and respectful way, there's really no reason for them to be like, oh, no, sorry, can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if they really do, then they're probably, yeah, they're you know, probably not, the right, not person. the right person for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's yeah. really just, you know, being respectful of their expertise all the while also just making sure that, you know, you are getting what you envisage for your brand, which is really important, I think, because there's nothing worse than, you know, only getting like 10 images when you thought that you would get 50 usable images or, Mm -hmm. you know, missing those shots that you know you planned for, but then you were too afraid to ask for them. And, you know, even sometimes when you show a reference image, you know, if I showed you an image, Michelle, and I just said, I like this, yeah, you might be thinking, oh, she likes the colors, but maybe I'm showing it to you because I actually like her outfit. Yeah. You know, it could be, (laughs) you like, you never, you don't really know. It's Yeah. we're not brain, we're not mind readers. So That's ultimately right. it's just really good to have that kind of point of communication between each other, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's brilliant. You, that's just, yeah, such great advice, Sandra. Thank you. You have given us so much advice. I actually want to just sort of pivot a little, the, the, the conversation a little bit um, because you are a mama of your beautiful daughter and your gorgeous twin boys. <laughs> and I always love asking mums in, business um you know how they do it and and you know not expecting you to have the solution for everyone but um I know that life is not always as as 
gorgeous as, as our Instagram feeds may may mm-hmm. represent. Um, so I'd love to hear just from you in terms of like how you build your business alongside your role as a busy mum to three children. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> you mention how um, it doesn't always look as good as Instagram <laughs> because I have this thing where if I post photos of my kids and you can see my house, mm-hmm. they're always in black and white. <laughs> Because my house is like a primary colored play center, which doesn't quite match my aesthetic. Right. So change them to black go. and white. So, <laughs> yeah, it's not what it always seems. But um, for me, the main thing is, um, is I am really routine in how I do things, and I am a serial batch worker or batching actually everything. So, I every Mondays I batch my Instagram for example Um, I batch a lot of things like uh, checking my emails I'm very you know very disciplined in that way I only do it at a certain time Um, I will always do my Instagram all together in a big chunk as with a lot of like my course um, management or anything like that or checking Facebook groups all those sorts of things so I'm very much a batch worker and I Uh do this as well in the home so i batch cook I do everything so because you know the windows as you know Michelle it's it's very small especially when they're at school Mm -hmm. so I kind of have like you know 10 to 2 is kind of like my business hours and I try to check out and then I try not to work at night so um it means I'm very focused in those short four to five hours and I will just sit there and, and follow everything that I've got planned for that day before I get distracted with anything else like going through Instagram and yes. chatting and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. for me, um it's really that that allows me to sort of get what I need to get done, be able to focus on what I need to focus on to grow my business, but all the while also being able to juggle my kids while they're still young and also be present for them as well too yep. so um batch working highly recommended I love it so do I you are you really are just a woman after my own heart Sandra <laughs> and everything that you do it's so brilliant and it does I mean it, that's what enables you like to do it I think if you especially with creative work I think there you know there is a flow that's required there right like so yeah. for you to kind of dip in and out and jump from one thing to the next I'm sure you wouldn't produce half as much of the gorgeousness that you do by you know working that way I'm sure so um so besides that brilliant recommendation um I do always ask my guests to leave our listeners with something that they recommend something they've read watched listened to eaten um something that's going to boost our listeners lives Mm -hmm. what is your recommendation so it's not really anything that I've read or you know watched or anything per se but for me I think the biggest piece of advice I can give people is to be open and for me you know being open meeting new people in the industry and being open to even when people cold emailing me even though sometimes it seems a little bit like oh it's a little bit weird but being open to those kinds of relationships and new friendships has been game-changing for me personally and has really it really gives me the boost that I need a lot of the times because the times that I've actually been open to it, I've made these wonderful friends in business who I chat to every day. If I'm struggling through something, if I need to just talk something out or a launch didn't go well or you know, a client decided not to book or anything like that, I can actually reach out to them and, and, and they'll give me the boost that I need. 
And the thing is, a lot of them kind of came from cold emails or through maybe a Facebook group that I was in for a course that I was doing. And I do remember a lot of the times that when I received those emails, I'm usually a little bit like, oh, I don't know, do I? Do I want to engage? You know, you know that feeling of when you're not yeah. really sure whether to. Yes. To, are you a you know, stalker? <laughs> exactly. Like, is this legit? Or, you know, are they pulling my leg? And the yeah. times where I've actually been open to it, they've become amazing friends um, for me who actually understand and get what it's like to build a business because I came from a legal background and so my friends are all very in the corporate world and stuff and they just don't understand what we do essentially yeah. as business owners as and when you're building a brand and the struggles that we go through you know in those early years or even continuously now or when something doesn't go wrong I mean something doesn't go right and so having these these friends that I can rely on and grow with as well too has been incredible and I wouldn't be able to grow my business without them and it's only because I've been open to it <laughs> So, and, and I'm not open to a lot of like cold emails and things like that yeah. usually, but um, these ones have been incredible. And so I do encourage people to, you know, be open and see what, and see what comes out of it. Yeah, that is brilliant advice, Sandra. It really is be open to the invitation. And I am really pleased that you were open to my <laughs> invitation to be on the podcast today because, yes, I did kind of, um, well, I didn't really give you much option, did I? <laughs> It's like, you're no, coming on the podcast, you're going to be my guest. Um, but I'm really pleased that you're open to that because you have been utterly brilliant. You have shared so much wisdom with us today, things that I know are going to help our listeners, um, you know, sort of push through some of the blocks that they have around their visual identity as business owners. So one final question for you, <laughs> how can people get more Sandra in their lives? How can we connect with you after today's chat? Instagram is a great place. So at Sandra Chow Design, I'm always sharing tips and just going about everything with my client work as well as my school and then obviously website. And if you are feeling a little bit unsure about what to do with your brand imagery, I have a quick cheat sheet as well too. Six must-have brand images cheat sheet. Wait, Michelle, I know you've got all the details too. <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, that will be, they'll be in the episode notes so people Thank can um, click onto that. Thank you so much for your brilliance today. It was so wonderful. I loved our chat and I know it's going to help a lot of people. No, thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. It's been really, really fun. Thank you. Oh, how absolutely gorgeous is Sandra. I loved our chat and I really hope that you did too. Before I let you go today, I just wanted to give you a quick reminder that my final planning workshop for the year is taking place on Friday, the 23rd of September. And if you are a regular listener of this podcast, you know how much I love planning and whether you are someone that loves planning or you're new to planning or you just want to get some momentum on the final quarter of the year, get you set up to end the year on a high, I would love to welcome you along. We are running this virtually, so it doesn't matter where you are, you can join us. It runs from 9.30 to 12.30 on Friday the 23rd of September. There is a link to register in the episode notes on your podcast app, um, or you can go to Michelle Broadbent 
www.workwithme.com.au forward slash work with me and you will see it in the group experiences there. But please consider how you are going to wrap up the year. And if you need a hand, come and join us. It's a great group of women. We would love to welcome you in and help you finish 2022 as you hoped to at the beginning of the year. So thank you again for joining me and for having me in your ears on what I hope is going to be a wonderful day for you. I will talk to you next week.